0: Welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Our spin spinoff show on Luminary called Rewatchables 1999 is taking a little summer break, but we'll be back in the fall with more
1: movies including Eyes Wide Shut, Never Been Kissed, and more. In the meantime, we're launching a new show
0: on Luminary about another influential moment in 1999 called Break Stuff, The Story of Woodstock 99. The pod will dive deep on the iconic music festival and how its success and failures left its mark on history. The series begins on Tuesday, July 9th, and will be coming to you every Tuesday for eight weeks. So make sure to check out Break Stuff The Story of Woodstock 99 on Luminary. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Larry Wilmer. You're listening to Black on the Air. It's in July, hot, 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 finally hot weather. We just had our 4th of July celebration, which always, there's always something about the 4th of July that makes me laugh. I have uh, Ira Madison, host of Keep It, on the show today. He's very entertaining. He's uh, Keep It is uh, part of Cricket Media. I think you'll enjoy that conversation. Uh, we talked a little bit about this. This kind of bugged me, uh, <laughs> 4th of July. Because here's the thing, guys, and you know this about me. Yes. Well, I call out racial stuff, you know that I will. You know I keep it 100 when it comes to that, and I always have. But I don't like what I call racial distraction, stuff that I don't think rise to the level of actual racism. It's like racism adjacent, is what I'll call it, you know. It kind of like feels like racism. (laughs) It's kind of racist-y, maybe, but it's not really racism. And I always think it distracts us from things that actually are racist or Things that are race-related that are injurious to society. Where am I leading to? So, as you know, last week, Nike was going to put out some commemorative shoes, I think for the 4th of July, I'm not sure, that had the original Betsy Ross flag on it with the, I think the circle with the 13 stars, 13 colonies or whatever. And then Colin Kaepernick decided to <laughs> call Nike and say, what the fuck are you motherfuckers doing? That flag represents slavery, and racism, blah, 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 and you can't use it. And I guess some people are saying that white supremacist groups, I guess, um, have tried to um, use the flag. This I really don't know much about, but um, um, have tried to use that flag as kind of a symbol of, of something. You know, He wanted them not to do it. Nike decided not to do it, and it caused this whole blah, 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 whatever. Can we stop? Guys, can we stop this? This is not something we should be concerned about. Colin Kaepernick, you should not have these keys to the car. (laughs) Somebody needs to give him a ride from now on. He should not be driving this conversation. We're not talking about a, a flag that, you know, whatever. We're talking about the American flag, you know. We have an American flag now, and we've had different American flags over the years. It's still the same America. America's changed for the better or for worse, here and that. But it's not like it's a different country that's being represented. I don't find anything offensive about the original American flag. I find something offensive about what was going on in America, definitely. But let's let's be clear, guys. It's that same flag and the promises in those documents, the Constitution and everything, that has led to the freedoms that we ultimately have gotten, of course, through fighting and all those things. But to act like that one flag is a problem, you got to blame— The American flag in general and not just that particular flag because it's the same country is how I feel about it. And also this notion of that if somebody hijacks something that you can't use it as a reason, I don't agree with. And I'll be clear about that because sometimes it does make a difference and I do acknowledge that. Like the Nazis just took the swastika from the Indian culture. I think it was a religious symbol or something. They just took it. You know, and now we associate that with Nazis. It's so fucked up. If you're a religious person who used that symbol and now the Nazis just snatched it from you, you know, now what are you going to do? You know, people come to your house and they see that. They're going to think you're a white supremacist. Thanks, Nazis. You know, that one is bad. I get it. But, you know, I think a lot of people didn't know that that was a symbol that was used in that. I mean, if you're of that descent, I think you did. But I think— when that became a thing or certainly looking back at it you don't think of that first you know so when you talk about let's say the Betsy Ross flag and not that I'm a particular champion for that flag or anything i'm just i just think it's it's the american flag whether it's the old one or the new one to me it's the same there's no difference but i think people know what the flag is they don't they won't confuse it with something else if someone uses that flag for their own purposes I think we know that's what they're doing. We won't confuse it and think that that flag now has a different meaning because someone used it differently. And I'll give you an example. Let's look at the cross. If you're Christian, I mean, KKK burns the cross on people's lungs. They take a, the cross, the symbol of the capital punishment you know, instrument that killed Jesus, the symbol of the whole religion, the cross, and they burn it. It's there. They have taken that cross and used it as their method of intimidation. That hasn't stopped black people from being Christians. (laughs) Black people still wear crosses around their neck, you know, and celebrating Jesus. So they have not been able to take that cross, even though they used it for their own purposes. I can't think of anything more powerful than that, for somebody taking a symbol and using it for horrible purposes. But it doesn't change what that symbol is, you know. And that's how I feel about the American flag, you know. Whatever your opinion is about the flag— it's different from somebody's ability to change that because they're using it in a different way. And that's a distinction that I want to make here. So I, my disagreement with that is you have a disagreement with the American flag, not that particular American flag. And by the way, everything in America has a racist expiration date. Almost every institution was racist at some point, and there's a racist expiration date. So anyhow, I just think that some of these things are distractions and and they're not always from one side. It's not just calling out racism. Sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes it's people getting mad about something, like the the Black Little Mermaid thing. Did you see that? Disney's doing a live-action remake of The Little Mermaid, and uh, they casted Halle ba- uh, Bailey, right, as uh, The Little Mermaid. And I thought, like a lot of people, I thought it said Halle Berry at first. I was like, what? That's The Little Mermaid? Okay. And, you know, black actress. And she's uh, she got blasted immediately online by, you know, some people who were saying, how come the Little Mermaid black? She's white. Oh, you're ruining the Little Mermaid and everything that I knew, which is ridiculous. The Little Mermaid is a cartoon, you guys. It's all made up. The Little Mermaid doesn't exist. So to be upset about that is ridiculous. Now, this is white people um, making something racist. That is that it, it, it's just ridiculous, you know, You guys, you just have to stop this. This is not the hill you want to die on. Trust me on this. The little mermaid does not exist. It's made up. All right. So just stop it. (laughs) You know, it could be anything, it doesn't matter. And it's a fucking mermaid. Mermaids don't exist, you guys. They don't exist. So first of all, you, you think mermaids are white, and mermaids don't even exist. And it has to be this. The whole thing was made up. So why are people mad about this? This is what I'm saying. These are the distractions that I can't even, I can't believe people are fighting about, that a fictional character has to be white. And if anything, people should be mad, not that the character is not white, but that the character is not a redhead. Because I think gingers have been given a short shaft when it comes to Disney princesses. Look it up. How many Disney princesses are actual gingers? Well, if you take this one away, what do we got? One left? I'm not sure. Gingers are getting the real short shaft, you guys, in the world right now. I think the only prominent ginger that it <laughs> that is that really has any juice left is Prince Harry. And that's only because he's married to M- Meghan Markle at this point, I think. You know, so there you go. I think uh, this is more about gingers than about anything racial, is my point of view on that. All right, other than that, a lot of people enjoyed the Cory Booker conversation last week. Appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. I'm still looking at the um, presidential race, trying to figure everything out. We had Ross Perot, who passed away the other day. If you guys don't remember Ross Perot, he ran in 92. He was hilarious. Some people think he kind of opened the door for Trump becoming president because he was a businessman. He was a billionaire, or whatever. And uh, he was folksy. He talked like that, Ross Perot. Now, come on now. Now, come on. Now, now let me say something. Now, no, hold on now. now. Now, wait a minute. Now, let me say something. Like, Ross Perot was always being interrupted. He could never get his word. Now, ho- now, wait a minute. Now, now I didn't say that. Mm. And he had some hilarious sayings. Uh, he really made me laugh. Uh, one of the funniest ones was like, Now, look, if you come upon a poisonous snake, you kill the snake. You don't form a committee. You know, I thought that was really funny. Um, and <laughs> I remember he got in trouble. Uh, when he referred to black people once as you people. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was like... Now, now, hold on. Now, you people, you people have a whole different thing going on here. That was something I worked in Living Color back then, and we we make fun of all the time. So I miss, I miss those days, you know. Ross Perot was really funny. But whether or not he opened the door to Trump is possible. Possibly could have. So, Ross Perot, I hope you're, uh, wherever you are right now... If uh, if you're trying to get into the place you're getting in, I hope that you're probably saying, now, hold on, now, wait a minute, now, now, let me in now, now, come on now, now, I didn't mean that, now, come on, just let me in. He's probably trying to get his way in there right now. All right, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just rambling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what it is? It's summer right now, and there's just, you know, this is just how summer goes. Your mind just wanders, and you start doing impressions of Ross Peele. You're not talking about much. But we got Iron Madison coming up. Fun conversation. Stick around. Right now. All right, welcome back. I'm happy to introduce my guest uh, today, Mr. Iron Madison, host of the show Keep It, yeah, um, on Crooked Media, and uh, also writer of a new show on Netflix called Daybreak coming up this fall. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Aaron. How you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Good to have you here. You, you're one of those uh, people out there who are starting to do some moving and shaking, it feels <laughs> like, uh, in the culture and in the I'm business. Trying. Congratulations, man. I'm very, uh, very happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, I've heard about you for a while. It's nice to finally meet you and everything.
1: Yes, I mean it's it's an honor to meet you.
0: So. Nah, it's not. That'll that, <laughs> that'll go away very quickly, very quickly. Trust me, that, man. That woman was kind of an asshole. I was eating a sandwich when I came in. I, I hadn't eaten. time so eating the sandwich. Everybody comes in. I'm like, Darr! But But uh, congratulations on your success. Thank you. And everything. Um, so tell me about yourself. Where, uh, where are you from? I'm from Milwaukee. Oh, you're from Milwaukee. Yeah. My friend John Ridley's from Milwaukee. Actually. Okay. Yeah, from – well, I know he's from Wisconsin, but I figured uh, – I think he's from Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, most people are from Milwaukee. There's actually – low-key, yeah. there's a lot of people from Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of Negroes from Milwaukee. <laughs> Black people live in Milwaukee. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. Is there like a section where people are hiding out there or, or, or are in they the in full sight?
1: Mostly in the city. Really? Well, so like, so my family's originally from Tennessee. Oh, okay. And they were part of the whole, like, you know, people moving from the south mm-hmm. up to the Midwest to sort of get jobs and stuff. And exactly, um, the city is mostly like black people. Milwaukee is? Yeah, they had, uh, you know, the whole white flight thing. Like, Uh, all the white people moved to the suburbs in, like, the 60s and 70s.
0: They flew completely out of Milwaukee. Yeah, so they're still in
1: Milwaukee County, but, like, the suburbs like Brookfield, Mequon, Maltosa
0: stuff, that's where, like, most of the white people live. And then Uh the city is largely black people. And did you grow up in the city of Milwaukee? Grew up in the city. Okay, was it uh, kind of—was it still mixed when you were growing up, or was it mostly black people? What was Uh, that experience? I feel like our neighborhood was like mostly black people, but, uh-huh. there,
1: but there were white people there too. You know, right. it was just sort of a. Uh, they couldn't you know, get out. It was like a working str- class. <laughs> working class neighborhood. Oh, okay. Yeah. What do your parents do? So my mom is had many jobs. Uh-huh. She was a sheriff at one point. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Your yeah. mom was a sheriff? Yeah. Uh, a deputy sheriff uh, wow. in Milwaukee. And now she um, works for the Postal
0: Service. Wow. Yeah. And your dad? Um, he's somewhere. <laughs> uh, okay. We are talking about Milwaukee. <laughs> so your mom raised you
1: by herself? Uh, my mom and my grandmother did. And oh, my okay. grandmother was a sergeant major in the Army.
0: Damn, you got some badasses, man. Yeah. Do you, so you had guns in your house. Yes. And <laughs> you know, having a sheriff and, man. Yeah. What? Uh, do you have a relationship with guns? Uh, I mean— I like them on TV. Uh-huh. I guess I like do you John have Wick. Do you have a gun? <laughs> I do. not. <laughs> I like John Wick. A, oh, you like the slow mo gun type of thing. Right? Right. Uh,
1: I do not have one, but uh-huh. I've been to the shooting range before.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Um, like shooting pistols or rifles or like, yeah, like assault weapons. Very uh, shot an assault weapon? Not an assault weapon. Uh huh. Yeah. Did your mom as what kind of armor did your mom have as as a sheriff? I I just felt like she had, you know, like the vest. No, I mean like gun-wise, like weapon-wise. I
1: don't know. I never saw it. Really? Yeah, she didn't let me see it.
0: How long was she doing that when you were growing up? Um, She was sort of doing
1: that um, later when I was probably like um, high school and then once I'd left for like college. Uh Do you have brothers and sisters? I have one sister. Uh Is she
0: older or younger? She is younger, two years younger. She She was in Indiana. Wow. Just do the, something. The country is so interesting. <laughs> These enclaves, you know, the way the communities sprout up and what happens with them and everything—they're always interesting to me. And what got you out of Milwaukee? Let's say. So I wanted to go to
1: college mm-hmm. in New York, mm-hmm. and
0: a specific I was, place. Or just I New wanted York to go to NYU.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, for some reason, I had it in my head: got to go to NYU.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I did not go to NYU, but I still wanted to get out of Milwaukee, so I went to school in Chicago.
0: Why did you want to go to NYU?
1: Because I was doing theater in school, Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, you know, I really wanted to do, like, Mm -hmm. playwriting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you weren't on the performing side? uh... No, because Uh I could not really get cast in things Uh in high school. Uh, Maybe I was a bad actor then, Hmm. or maybe I wasn't as outgoing as Uh I am now. Uh Um, Late bloomer. Yeah, but Uh I I really got into sort of writing in high school. And so I sort of wrote um, some of my own plays and put them up at school. And I was like, I wanted to keep doing theater right and so i wanted to go to i wanted to go to nyu i was like that's Uh where you got to go right um the struggling artist (laughs) Uh, but
0: i ended up going to loyola chicago oh yeah that's a good school and were you a theater major there yeah i was a theater major okay and then out of uh, loyola did you move to new york after that i did move to new york after that Mm. like immediately yeah how soon now you worked at buzzfeed for a while right I did. Yeah. How soon did you go over to BuzzFeed, or what was your journey to there?
1: BuzzFeed wasn't even till after New York. Uh-huh. I started working for them in 2014. Right. Yeah. I uh, I was in New York for five years, and my last two years, I went to—I
0: did go to NYU, finally, oh, okay. for grad school. Were you trying to find yourself at this time? Like, am I a writer? Am I a performer? What am I doing? I always like when people make that transition in their life of figuring that thing out, mm-hmm. you know? I think that I was— always knowing I wanted to be a writer. But
1: when I moved to New York, I got an internship at Radar Magazine.
0: Mm -hmm. What was Radar? I don't
1: remember Radar. Radar was this uh, sort of parody satire magazine. I mean, they had real articles too, but they were mostly satirical. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was... Like the third incarnation of it. Oh, really? Uh, no, that's funny. It was a pretty funny I think sort I of website. Right. Yeah. You probably seem like yeah. you would recognize a cover right, if right. you'd seen it. Um, yeah. But I was there interning, and then sort of that let me down. Um, am I going to do journalism? Am I going to mm-hmm. do writing? And I went and took a summer class at NYU in TV writing, mm-hmm. and that's when I sort of decided this is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, and so I went to grad school at NYU for – dramatic writing which was tv writing and playwriting mm-hmm. uh and then i moved out to la immediately and buzzfeed and stuff sort of happened because i was moving here mm-hmm. i was trying to find a job right i was working at coffee bean i was working Shout at out that. coffee bean <laughs> 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 that one finally just closed the one i used to work at well the one in West Hollywood. is it any surprise i know right, right. <laughs> uh, i worked there uh a bunch of other random places, and then I was like, I need a job that pays my rent, and also Mm -hmm. I need a job that is some sort of writing, and I saw that BuzzFeed was hiring.
0: Did you feel like you kind of found yourself at BuzzFeed?
1: I found sort of my internet self, I Mm -hmm. feel like. Uh, That was the first place that really sort of took me into realizing, like, oh, I should start using social media to sort Mm. of make myself more known kind of I guess. known.
0: put yeah. yourself out there right? i had
1: a twitter account that mm-hmm. i never used and then once i joined buzzfeed and saw that like you had to like constantly sort of be on social media there uh-huh. that's when i got into was it was
0: buzzfeed kind of both uh contributing for buzzfeed and self-promotion at the same time is that what they encourage you to keep your name out there while you were contributing is that is that what you're saying or? i think that some of them um were encouraged to do that mm-hmm. I mean I think
1: that the people who really sort of started doing well were the people who sort of promoted themselves as well as their material mm-hmm. I mean those are the people who sort of got out of BuzzFeed and doing <laughs> got out <laughs> and they're sort of doing their own thing you know right sure sure you sure, know sure. like people like Quinta and yeah, stuff you know exactly, like yeah. they were they were promoting themselves while also promoting yeah. BuzzFeed
0: stuff right Quinta Brunson uh, the aforementioned yeah. yeah we overlapped at BuzzFeed oh, was yeah yeah yeah, she's killing it now. She's in the new... Uh, Black Lady Robin Sketch Ades. Show. Yeah, yeah, she's so funny in that. I developed something with her last year. She's just great. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's about to bust. <laughs> to bust as yourself. And so, BuzzFeed, uh, when did you start podcasting? I started podcasting in
1: 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, What was 2015? No, it was 2015, 2016. Uh, I started at MTV News Mm -hmm. around 2015. That was sort of the reboot that they did there. Right. Um, And they were, you know, trying to, I don't know, have like a smart website Mm -hmm. that was uh, Mm -hmm. talking about music and politics. And Mm. I started a podcast there with uh, my friend Doreen St. Felix, who Mm. is a writer at The New Yorker. And so she and I sort of like talked about pop culture and politics right. on a show called Speed Dial. And that was lasted about 50 episodes. Right. But before.
0: but is that where you kind of found your chops? Kind of, yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we started that and I really had sort of no idea what yeah. podcasting was. Uh-huh. And by the time we were done with it, I was like, I love this. Did you guys doing it? Did you have guests on the show, or
0: were you just expounding all the time? It was mostly us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Towards Uh the
1: end, we had like a couple guests. Uh, Kelly Rowland came on.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, so nice. um,
1: That was fun. Uh Um, One time, like MTV (laughs) hooked it up. Uh (laughs)
0: You're like, I mean, it's a little late. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, nice.
1: But yeah, that was sort of like the MTV ended up, you know, like getting rid of our department and like MTV news like didn't really happen anymore. Um, But going
0: through that whole year Mm -hmm. sort of podcasting every week, I was sort of like, I love doing this. Yeah. What did you find that you have a link? I guess in your show, you guys cover a lot of things on Keep It. Yeah. You know, um, you obviously seem to have a real love for pop culture, mm-hmm. too. That's the, Is that your first love, do you think? Even though you talk about politics, you know, you talk about culture and all mm-hmm. this stuff. So. I think pop culture, yeah, is my first yeah. one. You know, as a kid,
1: I remember mm-hmm. always sort of watching everything Um, i watched just that sponge yeah Yeah. every movie that you know sort of my parents Mm -hmm. had on vhs uh probably even (laughs) some i shouldn't have watched uh you know watching them like when they weren't home like these r-rated movies or um tv i felt like i watched everything and that Mm -hmm. was back in the day when you could watch everything still Um, there was no password protection parental controls is that what you mean no (laughs) i just mean like even with cable you Uh know in like the 2000s and stuff when i was in high school it Mm. was like you were still you could still sort of watch everything on tv there weren't like 500 tv shows oh sure right right. i know what you're saying yeah Yeah.
0: where if somebody mentioned a show you go oh yeah i've seen that yeah yeah you've seen it or uh
1: like at least an episode or you know or you choose not to watch it but you know what it is i mean in in my day
0: in my ancient days (laughs) there was three (laughs) notes it was so much easier yeah
1: It's like even you were watching. There literally are thousands now. Yeah. Right. There right. were only like three shows competing each other at that time, yeah. right? And yeah. now it's like. It's uh, crazy now.
0: Yeah. And were you, like, I was a walking TV guy when I was a kid. Same. I could tell you what was on any time of the week. Didn't matter what channel. Is that how you were? Yeah. So I mm-hmm. read TV Guide, had a subscription to that, uh, uh-huh. Entertainment
1: Weekly, uh, As would, an adult, you had a subscription to TV Guide? I had a subscription to TV Guide in high school. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, right. and it was your own
0: subscription. I'm trying own, to nail this. Yes, right. It wasn't yeah. your
1: parents. No, I got it in my name. Wow. Yeah, Look at that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I sort of knew – I always knew what was on at yeah. what time. And I had VHS tapes too um, where I would sort of precursor to DVR or TiVo, I guess. Yeah. Right, right, uh, right, right. I would – save shows that i loved Uh so like my favorite show was like buffy Uh um and i watched um like west wing and stuff like that Uh i would record them but on separate vhs's so i could file them away like the vhs was labeled buffy season one episodes one through four as many as you could fit on that tape and then you get a new vhs tape for the next week uh Uh and still back home like in my uh Mom's place is like I, some of those old tapes are still there for some old TV shows. Yeah. Some probably like shows that lasted a season or something. And then you're
0: like, how did this R. Kelly tape get in here? <laughs> Who gave me this? <laughs> I could have brought them down. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it was there the whole time. You could have done this. Sir. Man. And uh okay, so how do you get to to keep it? What gets you there? And keep it is the show that you're doing with Crooked Media. Mm-hmm. Did uh, Crooked Media reach out to you? Uh- well, so when I was at MTV doing mm-hmm. um,
1: Speed Dial, uh, I was there with Anna Marie Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had a podcast that she started okay. with Crooked Media. And so she sort of asked me to be on her podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was on—this um, was after I had left MTV, too. Um, I was on her show, and we just sort of had a really fun time. And mm-hmm. that's when sort of I feel like the boys from Cricket Media found out who I was mm-hmm. uh, from that. And then I went on John Lovett's podcast, right. Lover to Leave Love It, it or as leave a it. guest.
0: Very good show. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. And so I did that show as a guest, and— That night also happened to be uh, a night that they were having, like, a party at Tommy Vitor's house. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went to the party after the podcast and hung out with all of them. And they were like, we loved you on the show. You should do a show. Yeah. They were like, we'd (laughs) love to work with you. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it took, like, a few months of sort of— developing like what the show would be after that. But that was sort of the birth of
0: me getting a show there. I mean, that really is how sometimes how people imagine showbiz happens, which actually does happen a lot. Sometimes you just in something, somebody Mm -hmm. actually just sees it. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody comes (laughs) up to you at a party Hey, man, do you want to do a show? And mm-hmm. next thing you know, you got a show. Like, sometimes it's not like agents and the machinations and mm-hmm. dealing. Sometimes it's just, it could be as simple as that. But it's it's kind of being in that place when you're ready for it, too, mm-hmm. right? No, yeah. It was yeah. really just like from— Like, you prepared all those years to be in that place. Mm-hmm. You? It
1: was mm-hmm. really just from the Anna Marie show, and then I literally was at a party. yeah, And someone was like, I loved you on Anna Marie's show. When are you going to go on— Love it's podcast, right. and I said, "Well, I don't know, John. Love it. I would love to go on his podcast." Uh-huh. And then Love it
0: DM'd me like two days later. Wow. That person told yeah, that. That's cool. Yeah. So tell me about Keep It. What is Keep It? What is? How did you guys come up with that title, and what does it mean? So before mm-hmm. the podcast, I used to use Keep It on Twitter all the time mm-hmm. for like
1: stuff you don't want. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's like you're telling the world to keep it. Yeah. So like, right. if Hollywood Reporter is like. I don't know. Um, Mel Gibson in the Lion King remake. Mm-hmm. I would be like, keep it
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> don't give that to me. You keep it right. Yeah. Uh, and so, after- although what, what would he play though? Let's think about that. <laughs> he could play Scar, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it'd be a great Scar. You don't I like think so? Scar though. Oh come on, man! Scar's like an icon. <laughs> I know my daughter. My daughter loves Scar. Richard. I'm like, how come you don't like
1: Mufasa? Why do you like the the villain? You know, Mufasa tried to give a kingdom to a kid. Oh. Mufasa, uh, wow, Scar knew what he was doing. Wait, you're down on Mufasa? Yeah, you're
0: you're pro Scar.
1: I think I'm pro Scar. He knew what he was doing.
0: Wow, and he had the okay. best song. Yeah, well, Be prepared. many times the villains, you know, yeah. get the best stuff. Wow, something, you learned something new. Okay, <laughs> so you're pro-scar. I'm pro-scar. All right. Um. <laughs> so
1: you would tell them to keep that. I would tell them to keep that. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I started, you know, just sort of using that phrase a lot. Is but... this
0: your own phrase then? Yeah, or I mean, you... like, I feel like... Because I, I know, it, it. yeah, yeah, you, you kind of made it the thing.
1: Yeah, what I'm I made saying. it sort of a thing. Right, 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 right. And then people would... Um, Use it and then but they would at me when they would use oh, it Oh, and so cool. it sort yeah. of became like a regular catchphrase from uh-huh. on Twitter right. And when I was developing the show with Crooked, I sort of knew that I was gonna call it keep it. Yeah.
0: so with the the angle of the show is then you are there with your and who are the other hosts in it?
1: Um, currently
0: it's me and uh, my co-host Louis Vertel. Um, we had
1: a, another co-host, Kara Brown, but she just exited the show. Oh, okay, um, so we're sort of. She was just in, on it recently, though, right? Uh, yeah, she, yeah. Um, so we're sort of in a. She ended just right before July fourth. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, now we're sort of in like a period, like The View or something. See- <laughs> like we have a bunch of guest
0: co-hosts. Uh, oh, I see. Until, you, you want to see how it goes? Yeah. Or- until we have a new. Um, third person really take the chair. Okay, and tell for people that haven't listened and you should it's very entertaining. Give give people kind of a feel of the show. Like what is the tone of it? Is it Yeah, we
1: talk uh-huh. about uh Pop culture and politics, mm-hmm. and sort of how they intersect.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, all, is it
1: supposed to feel like
0: friends hanging out? Yeah, or, uh-huh. it feels
1: like three friends who sort of know what they're talking about, right. um, just sort of having a really fun and informed conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking, you know, some things that most people treat lightly, seriously, and also taking some serious things lightly. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we're we're giving culture, um, sort of the gravitas it deserves. But, you really? know, we're still
0: having mm-hmm. fun with the conversation. Uh-huh. Pop, pop culture or just culture in general? Culture in general, too. Mm-hmm. You know? um, like, why, why do you think it deserves gravitas? You know, I think that
1: we're in a period now where... One, I mean, look at the president, mm-hmm. you know, if you sort of look at where Trump came from mm-hmm. in popular culture um, to how you led to this presidency. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you can see a lot of things that sort of have a ripple effect, like even this week, you know, the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, you know, mm-hmm. it's um, everything sort of informs
0: the other, you know. But do you think the Trump example would be a reason to I'll make a word. De gravitas the culture? <laughs> like, was there too much importance put on his place in the culture uh, that led up to his election? Like, th- was he, did the apprentice mm. make him too big, in other mm-hmm. words? You know,
1: I don't think uh, the apprentice made him too big. Mm-hmm. I think it was understanding the role that sort of the media played mm-hmm. in that and not understanding how big he was and mm-hmm. how big he could become. Afterwards, I mean, on a, another positive side, you know, um, Michelle Obama recently talked about how. Um, I'm sorry, who? Michelle Obama. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, she this, is. This, this, this woman I know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, She's pretty, she, she, she works at the Panera. Is down she the from street. Milwaukee?
0: <laughs> just outside of Milwaukee. <laughs> she helped close down that coffee bean that you were.
1: <laughs> uh, she just recently had a. Talk what's with like a bunch of TV writers about how, um, you know, culture. Um, informs our politics and things mm-hmm. and trying to find more of a way to make TV that could continue to do that because she used the example of Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a show that sort of has informed the way that a lot of people think about gay people in America. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of people who maybe didn't have gay people in their family, didn't mm-hmm. interact with them on a daily basis, get saw a, it coming into their homes Female roommate.
0: And a gayer version of yourself as your friend. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) With a woman that cannot be defined by any measure. She's just a cartoon. Yes, of (laughs) course. You know, and there you go. Just Uh, live in an impossible apartment that nobody can afford. Absolutely. There you go. Uh,
1: Mm -hmm. But, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Stuff Uh like people watching Mary Tyler Moore um, when she was, uh, you know, a divorcee, you know, living in Mm -hmm. the city. You know, it's stuff that. When we continue to watch things each week, when things come into our homes, when things are in our movies, in our music, in our TV, um, they sort of affect how we feel about things and they can affect our politics as well. And why
0: was she talking to
1: writers? Um, I mean, where was I, this at? Um, I know Whitney Cummings was just on our show, uh-huh. um, and she said that there was a conference call that Michelle Obama had with a lot of TV writers.
0: Like what, I like <laughs> was this a secret cookout that I don't know about? <laughs> like, was like a pre-cookout? Type, <laughs> a conference call? It was a conference call. It was a conference call. Was it in the wake of the Roseanne thing, or was it very recent? Uh, I think it might have like, been after was the Roseanne Cummings thing. On this call, yeah. Uh huh. I just saw Whitney coming. She didn't mention this Michelle Obama <laughs> secret conference call. I think called it was a the while back. Yeah, hmm. I'm like, now I'm getting salty. I never heard about this conference call. How come I wasn't?
1: <laughs> but it
0: was probably research too, you know, uh-huh. for her. Like, because now they, yeah, because now they got their own, own thing on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I see. So they're trying to like get all the juice from mm-hmm. the right. Ra- mm, I see. Okay. Yeah. How do you create a show? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Here's how I think you should do it. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, where is pop culture right now? Does does pop culture have too much influence on our lives or is it, oh, is it about the same, you know, using that Trump example, mm-hmm. you know? I think that maybe, I mean, we're sort of at a point now where like,
1: do we take a lot of things seriously, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I think for one, like internet culture, we sort of right. like make a lot of jokes about things mm-hmm. that um, later it's like, Maybe we should have been more serious about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe current example is, I don't know, Marion Williamson. Oh, yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. she's running for president. Um, and, but a lot of it is like, oh, you're making jokes about this woman with crystals and like healing <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like, right. well, that's great. But like, <laughs> what does she actually did? You know, how did she get on of the win? stage? That's what I want to know. Well, you get on the stage uh-huh. by, um, there were two criteria. You had to either get, um above I think a two percent in a major mm-hmm. poll or you had to get um s- a certain amount of donors, uh individual donors.
0: Because you have to think people like Cory Booker are like, what the fuck? You know, look <laughs> I, you know how hard I gotta work
1: every day. Right. How did you get up here? But someone <laughs> like Marion who's, you know, who's mm. been like a friend of Oprah's, you know, and mm. it sort of had that stamp, you know, for um years yeah. um she's a person who has a lot of people who follow her right. so like her, policy- her getting
0: individual donors yeah. is easy but her policy prescriptions, like the secret yeah you know you right. know uh
1: mm-hmm. but she's a person who had access to you know like even if every one of her supporters sent in one dollar like yeah. she got the individual donor amount to qualify for the stage and she qualified for the second debates too oh really yeah do you consider her a serious candidate Um, that's something I'm wrestling with. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it's easy to sort of diminish her Mm -hmm. um, as this, um, you know, spiritual but not religious person who's Mm -hmm. sort of like um, coming in and like maybe she's going to turn America into a cult. Uh, (laughs) Too late. Right. Uh, But, you know, there's also a lot of people who believe in that. And I think her sort of coming out – To the mainstream now has sort of exposed the idea that a lot of people we know have been reading her books
0: and have been Uh helped by her rhetoric for years, and we just didn't know about it. Right? Do you think Trump has changed how people view who can be president, who can ascend to that? Like, is that an example? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I I think I think that's true. It is. I think as crazy as the idea of Trump, remember. In 2016, it was all those Republicans who were all running, and it seems like such an impossibility. I was covering on my show that he could even get the nomination, let alone be president. Mm-hmm. But now that he's done that, and it's in reality, like people, especially the younger generations, always live with the reality. Like, like the the kids who grew up and only knew Obama as president, like mm-hmm. the thought of a black president doesn't mean that much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like whatever. You know, yeah. And like Trump as the lay president you know the non-politician president has Mm -hmm. kind of changed that right yeah um i mean even for someone like me you know like growing
1: up in sort of the clinton era you Mm -hmm. know i was a kid during all of that and that's this kind of stuff that i would see on late night tv and stuff you know so it's like even growing up in an idea where you know you're just politics are sort of Messy and tabloidy, mm-hmm. yeah, um, is something that I've been used to. I feel like, oh, and I feel like it's yeah. been a progression of you know, it's
0: it's really just a job, right? I grew up at you know at the height of Watergate and all that. I'm like, why should I trust any politician? <laughs> <You> <laughs> like that's kind of how I feel. You yeah, know? yeah. You know, there's no reason you know to do that. Where do you uh, where do you see this election going? Do you, do you think there's people who really Shouldn't be in this race right now, and it, you know, or do you feel like okay, it just really doesn't matter at this point?
1: Uh I mean, I think there's too many damn people running,
0: right? Uh, you know, and how do we? A lot of it, it, it feels
1: vanity. Right. Um, I mean, some people are just going to drop by basis of they're not going to meet the criteria anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, polling. I mean, some people are polling very low. You know, mm-hmm. I think uh, Gillibrand might not make that second debate. Um, so when is the second debate? You know? End of July. Oh, okay. The 30th and 31st. Right. Um, And, you know, some people, it's like, I think, like, a Beto uh, really should be running for office in Texas, Mm -hmm. you know, and not focusing on the president. Why
0: do you think Beto slipped? I mean, because I think part of his appeal, going to your observations on the culture, had to do with kind of a cultural appeal. People, they saw him running against Ted Cruz. Yeah. And he kind of represented what liberals really like, somebody who talks— he sounds like RFK, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or he, yeah. he talk, he's a white man talking about race. And all that <laughs> All that stuff played well when he was running against Ted Cruz. But now it's a little different when mm-hmm. you have – he's running against people like Kamala Harris, yeah. you know. Well, so that, that was that
1: idea too about the fact of what does a president look like, you right. know. Um, for years, we sort of thought that like a president should look like Beto. Mm-hmm. You know it should be someone like that, and mm-hmm. uh I think it really sort of created this cultural moment because we 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 really fucking hate tech groups <laughs> know? uh-huh. and it was like anybody who can get him out of office, people were like, yes, donating money, yes, mm-hmm. um wanting to support in any way that we can, and right. now that um it shifted from thinking. Oh, his mindset was, I need to take down Cruz, you know, and do what's better for the Senate and do what's better for Texas, right? Now, somehow that's translated into, I need to run for president. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there were so many other smaller things um, that were happening, you know, like um, this is where culture comes into play. Um, He was... Announcing his presidency via a Vanity Fair cover yeah. and like an Annie Leibovitz shoot, and yeah. it's sort of the idea of knowing that that is something that's consumed by mass culture, right? Um, mm-hmm. And the idea of him kind trying of an elite to elite mass, mass yes, culture, elite though. mass Vanity culture too, Fair, and sort sure. of trying to place himself into that. Um, and it's also sort of the people on the elite side, you know, trying to place themselves into um, politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really sort of backfired because it made him look like, um, why are you actually running for president? Yeah. Is it a – the being on the cover of Vanity Fair was apt because it was like, is sure. this a vanity thing? Um, and now running against people like Kamala Harris, running mm-hmm. against people like Warren or Cory Booker, you know, it's the idea that um, – I don't know. We're in a different field where mm-hmm. other kinds of people can run for precedent, and maybe we just don't need the
0: attractive white guy. Right. Now, when, I, when thinking about where you are in your life, maybe your circle of friends, maybe your age group, maybe people you talk to on your podcast, <clears throat> who do you think are the candidate or candidates who seem to be speaking to you, you know, or speaking mm-hmm. to? The circle or the things that you're interested. Are there a uh, is there a range of candidates in there? Is it a couple? Does anybody kind of fit that I or think feel Elizabeth like that? Elizabeth Warren right
1: now? is really
0: yeah, hitting a actually, lot of those boxes. She, Elizabeth Warren, low key, mm-hmm. is doing a lot better than people thought she would, I, and I think it's because of her authenticity. Do you think? Mm-hmm. I think it. I think she's authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that
1: one, she has plans, mm-hmm. you know, uh, she makes a lot of other people's um, policy. Well, she, well, she is a look teacher. Li- right? I know, right? <laughs> she's
0: used to putting that perspective. Right, uh, you, you know, know and yeah. she's got
1: policies that yeah. she was doling out. And I think before there was a narrative that we were ignoring that, you know, and mm-hmm. sort of you know, getting into the circus of politics and just sort of like, yeah. you know, oh, here's Pete Bujage running. And he's like the first gay, you know, person sure. running for president. And it's like we're focused on a new shiny thing when mm-hmm. she's sort of been there really doing the work. But I think that perseverance has sort of been like a tortoise in the hare thing, right? You know, it's like now yeah. everyone's like, oh, she's doing great. And she continues to do better in polling. And so mm-hmm. – I think that she's a person who's ticking a lot of boxes for a lot of people. That's interesting. So you
0: think she's becoming more impressive? I think she's
1: becoming mm-hmm. a lot more impressive or pe- or she's already impressive and right. people are starting to realize
0: it. Well, by more, that's what I mean, the yeah. awareness of her.
1: Um, um, and Kamala, a lot of people are becoming more aware of her mm-hmm. as well. You know, I think that um, she's been pulling higher and a lot of people are really mm-hmm. sort of um, coming around on her as well.
0: Yeah, I don't know what to think about Kamala in some ways. Um like I just think when I hear her talk I think that man she's so full of shit, you know. <laughs> like I don't I don't believe anything that she says, you know. She's uh, always seems to be hedging She always seems to be choosing words a little too carefully, and she goes back on things, which I don't like. It's something that I I, mean, that's a conversation that we can definitely have. See, that was my
1: Kamala impersonation. Uh, (laughs) Oh, see, yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) What do you mean? We're having a conversation now,
1: Kamala. Uh, What do you want on your burrito? Welcome to Chipotle. Mm, Mm. That's a conversation
0: we can definitely have. Yes, exactly. We'll revisit
1: that. All right, so you're in line.
0: But but Kamala, but you said— but you said, you know, like she either puts it off to another conversation, or she acts like she didn't mean that, or she misunderstood something. The thing that really rather made than acknowledging me. it, it's like stop. And she's done it too many times. Like the the first thing was the whole agreeing to getting rid of private insurance and then she hedged an mm-hmm. insurance back and then she changed her mind and going like, what the fuck? How about you have the idea? Start yeah. with your idea. Stop answering or agreeing. Tell us your idea.
1: I know. You know her yes. biggest stumble, I think, was coming after Biden for busing. Yeah. At the debates, then immediately I selling know. a... I was that girl shirt. Yes, which was which made there. it seem planned. Yes, and then in an interview the next week, saying that she didn't think that busing should be a mandate. So it's like, so, so did you even I
0: know mean that in the first place? That's what I mean. It to me, like if it had been. A question for me whether it was a genuine moment, mm-hmm. which I was like, "Fuck, man, that would have been a." N-. And I know that they plan those things in debates, of course. and I get that they—that's what they practice for. But still, to already have, as you said, the t-shirts in the in yeah. the t-shirt gun ready to, to, you know, shoot them out into it the audience, a bit into the crowd. You but
1: know? you know, there's that idea then with it her. It seemed a
0: bit cynical. Yeah, that yes. too. Uh-huh.
1: Um, she is someone who, you know, was sort of really just taking us um, on this tour of here's this woman who's sort of great in the Senate, right? Mm -hmm. She's had so many great moments this year, you know, like Kavanaugh hearing. But cosmetic great moments. um, What about legislative moments? I know, right? Right. Uh, She was having a lot of public uh, moments where people were like, yeah, Mm -hmm. Kamala, really having that moment. And I think now people are sort of maybe starting to
0: realize, well, she's just a
1: politician.
0: Yeah. See, I don't get tricked by those things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing I'm most suspicious of when they do that posturing. Politicians love mm-hmm. doing that crap. You know.
1: Well, my thing too is like I've always said that I don't stand politicians. You know, like yeah. I can stand Beyonce or a music artist, <laughs> but like a politician, like politicians aren't here to be your friends or like a uh, person who's like poster you're putting up and like right. going to see them talk even though Trump wants that you yeah. know people worshiping idolizing him like he's um Janet Jackson or something mm-hmm. but um Kamala you know people it's like you can start to love her and be like oh she's my girl but sure. then like still a politician
0: yeah because I don't know where she stands you mm-hmm. know like I had Cory Booker on the show and I've made fun of Cory Booker and, you know, and he's kind of stuff. He's, <laughs> he's goofy in a way that is goofy is not the right word but He's like, has this optimism that is hard to have these days, Mm -hmm. you know, for people to wear that authentically. Of course. And like, I've been, you know, I've made jokes, called him Kung Fu Pander and that kind of stuff, you know. I mean, I was in the office once at Crooked
1: and (laughs) he came in around the corner. He was like... Oh, it's black people here, yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, "Sir," <laughs> but
0: I have to say that he's authentic about it, though. He it is. actually is him, so I have to give him points for that. He, he's, he's authentically corny. He is, but, yeah. But it's he's not a put on. Uh, correct, and he's always been that way. So mm-hmm. I have to give him points for that. You yeah. know? and I say, okay, well, you have to be who you are when you're in this run, so I can't. It's not fair for me to say he's pandering because he's not. His speed is to operate like that. That's where he's mm-hmm. different from Kamala. Like I do, he's passionate about criminal justice reform and all mm-hmm. those things. You know that he says he's passionate about. You know, what's sad actually is that
1: he's he's probably the the, the better version of the Kamala, um, but mm-hmm. just sort of weirdly, I think people don't get that. Yeah, they the, 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 the authentically connecting. corny thing. Like he's just sort of yeah. he's not really connecting, and it's weird because he's not really
0: connecting with black people like you right. should be I asked him how are you gonna break through the black ceiling you know but um, like Obama was um, cool corny he was corny but he was he had a cool factor he was both of those right. like he had those mom jeans when he was bowling right, right. like yeah. we did a live show recently uh-huh. and I was like Obama was corny and yeah. people were sort of like
1: boo I was like but he right. was corny yeah. he also managed to be cool he was cool too but there yeah. were a lot of corny things about him yeah. like he was like your dad
0: right like if Obama had never run for office, he would only be corny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you met him yeah. at the coffee bean, he's ordering, and yeah. he was only that professor. Yeah. You'd say, oh, he's a nice guy. I mean, or your friend's dad at like yes, the like exactly. the game or something. <laughs> hey, you- what you got doing? Yeah. Uh, maybe I could uh, get again. Can you please finish your sentence? Did <laughs> you stop taking so long to finish? your sentence? Uh, Pass me the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Running
1: for office made him cool. And Michelle.
0: Yeah. Panera employee, Michelle but, uh, Obama, made him cool. And and I feel like Corey tries to like he tries to in imbibe that spirit of Obama when he's speechifying. Mm-hmm. But Obama's he was so good at it. Political talent is one of those things that, you know, you can't teach. Now that's where I think Kamala, I think Kamala has political talent. Oh, definitely. She definitely has it, and that's in her favor, you know. But I think the other part is that part that Uh, At some point, she's going to have to decide exactly what she stands for and stop Mm -hmm. hedging these bets. And maybe she'll take off because of that. Well, so I would say that um,
1: Obama has that political talent. Yes. The um, I am giving this great speech and you feel it emotionally. You feel that hook. I would argue um, that's why I liked at first – Pete Buttigieg, I thought that Mm -hmm. he was very good at giving speeches and sort of connecting with you in that way. I think what Corey has is the emotion. Mm -hmm. I think that when you see him mad about something, um, you feel that emotion there. You feel that he actually cares about it. The Mm -hmm. Biden thing, for instance, when he got mad about the Biden stuff, Mm -hmm. um, the segregationist comments, um, that seemed much more genuine yeah. from him uh yeah. kamala, kamala seemed genuine as well but then as we learned you know, like the busing thing yeah. you're like oh you just knew that you could take him down politically <laughs> and then you wonder which is better right yeah. because um right. cory tried, tried it cory tried it and then um biden was able to sort of easily swat him away mm-hmm. but he wasn't able to swat away what kamala did because she was more you know Machiavellian about it yeah, uh, and had it happen on the debate stage and really sort of did that mm-hmm. um, and
0: Corey was coming from pure emotion and that was easier to yeah. dismiss. Yeah. And when you think about uh, well let me ask about a Buttigieg first and then I'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the appeal of Buttigieg? Because I had no idea who he was before he hit the national scene. He's the mm-hmm. mayor of arguably a small town I guess what is the South Bend? Yeah. And, I mean Indiana and, you know which was one of the Headquarters of the KKK, <laughs> you know, back Whew. in the day. Um, I'm saying all of Indiana, no, Indiana, <laughs> not all of you, but you know, it was one of those things. He's had some issues with racial stuff, of course, in his area. Yeah, what's the connection? I get the first thing, you know, being the first. Look, I give him a lot of credit being the first openly gay candidate. That is a huge thing if somebody like that even got the nomination,
1: right? So that you know, for was this country, and I feel like, and like the way he
0: handles that, I, I think he does it very eloquently. Mm-hmm. Like he does it. Without apologizing for it or signifying about it mm-hmm. or overdoing it, what it's just no, that's that's just who I am. Yeah, you know? um, I was initially
1: on Bujaj's side, mm-hmm. uh, because and and I think I said this in an interview, um, I hated how, um, during Obama's um, presidency mm-hmm. and you know, when he was running for president, how, um, black people were sort of denigrated for. The idea that we were supporting him because he was black. Right. Um, it was sort of the identity politics yeah. thing, right? You mm-hmm. know, it's the idea it was that. Um,
0: staple joke in my ex.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, yes, you know, I supported a lot of his policies and things too. But like a large part of it was here is a black man running for president and Correct. I want to support him. Uh some women were able to do that with Hillary mm-hmm. um and Absolutely. white men have been doing that for centuries. Correct. So um mm-hmm. after having gone through that with Obama, I was really just sort of like fuck it. As soon as I heard about Pete and I listened to one of his I think uh, I really got on board at first um after that town hall he had where mm-hmm. I thought he had a lot of really good things to say um and that I just liked, one? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I liked you know how he was just sort of presenting himself. Yeah, I, liked I was it too. like Mhm fuck it, he's gay, I'm gay, I'm going to support, um, you know, this first gay person running for president, at least in a, you know, I donated money to him. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I also donated money to Corey, Kamala, and Warren, like, Mm -hmm. um, and Castro, the the, the people that I was interested in um, at first from the jump um and then you know like i hosted a fundraiser for him back when he was still trying to get money to go on the debate stage you mm-hmm. know like i agreed to the fundraiser before he started making a ton of money mm-hmm. from hollywood and he didn't need my little fundraiser at the abbey but did you know cancel it no, okay. no i was like he didn't need that money oh, at sure. that point sure, sure, um, sure. and i did it and so like, did you engage with him yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've engaged with him. I've had conversations with him and mm-hmm. his husband, Chastin, Um and I think they're lovely people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I think that uh, involvement, you know, has sort of Had the idea of people being like, oh, I was like all in for Pete. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, you can support people. And we haven't even voted yet. You know, I was like, here's a gay president that I want, presidential candidate that I want to support. um, And I want to help him get to that debate stage Mm because I think it's important for people to hear it. Um, And then that has happened. A lot of that was before uh, you know, mm-hmm. the shooting in South Bend happened, and then mm-hmm. the other stuff started happening, and you yeah. know, so now that's made me question a lot of that mm. support for him. Yeah. Um,
0: it's interesting, but yeah. I don't feel bad for um, my initial reasons. No, nor should him. you. No, I think he's very smart. Um, I was very impressed by him. Um, let me ask you this. Um, what, what do you think—I know this is probably a hard question to answer. We've had the first black president. And it was significant for a number of reasons, this country's history with blacks and, and all of that, you know, from where we've come. Um, from a cultural standpoint, what, what do you think—and we're going to get in trouble for trying to rank these. You know, <laughs> but what would be— a significant move for this country. I mean, first gay president's pretty big, you mm-hmm. know, but we haven't had a female president yet. Of course. You know, uh, there could be a different minority that becomes president. You mm-hmm. know? Kamala Harris checks off a couple of boxes, you mm-hmm. know. In um, a way,
1: it's easier for. I feel like Pete to become president, mm-hmm. you know, than a still woman. Because he's still a white man, <laughs> you know? Um uh-huh. that was the thing where I was like, even if, you know, you're making jokes about like a Marion Williamson or something, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's really no danger of like joking her into the presidency the sure. way that you could with Trump because um women don't have that sort of political power or in America that trained. white men do. Sure. Right. Um I think that yeah, it could maybe be easier for a Pete to be president because he's still a white man. I think it would be very significant for a woman to be president, absolutely. But, how- but I, I think obviously, honestly, it would be more significant for a knowing our country and our history and the way that the Obama thing sort of like felt like something for this country. Right. I think it would be a black woman becoming president, mm-hmm. um, if only because. Black women are basically the Democratic Party, right? Like their votes, their votes, uh, and their turnout decides elections. So when is that um, woman going to be represented in the White House?
0: Mm. Um, Do you think, like, when America, when it comes to going into that voting booth, though, Mm -hmm. and putting, even though you said Buttigieg is a white man, Mm -hmm. I think the homosexual issue. For a lot of Americans, especially on the right, Mm -hmm. is still like a bigger issue than, I know I'll get in trouble with this, them voting for a woman, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, like the idea of a first man Mm -hmm. to the president. Mm -hmm. Do you think that at the end of the day, if it was Buttigieg, do you think that would prevent him from beating somebody like Trump? Mm. Because we're talking about beating uh, Trump, I know, right? Like, who beats Trump is another way to put it, too. You know, I'm sort of of the mind that anyone could beat Trump. You think so? See, I'm not so, so, so uh, well, about not that not anyone, a but Trump. a lot of people. Because I think well, that think about uh, the. Well, go ahead and say what you're going to say, but think about the gutter fight, though, too. Mm-hmm. You know, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of things
1: are won by organizing. Mm-hmm. You know, and on the ground, um, boots on the ground. Um, organization and canvassing and uh i think that that was a failure on some parts of the clinton campaign which definitely could have beat
0: trump mm-hmm. where they weren't uh they had they forgot about some areas. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. you know,
1: um, and I, you know, I think that a lot of people in the campaign have sort of addressed those sort of failures. Um, it wasn't just the electoral college, even though the electoral college did fuck us all over. Um,
0: but <laughs> of course, um, when you lose, <laughs> the electoral college is your enemy. When you win, I like the electoral college. We need to stick with that. Yeah. Um, do you think the Democratic Party is going to get rid of Biden? I think Biden's going to get rid of himself. You think so? Yeah. You
1: think he's going to implode? Yeah. I I, I just don't. I I think he's operating and running for president in a different time period than we currently are. Uh And unfortunately, it's a time period that a lot of the Democratic Party is still in. You know, Uh um, Nancy Pelosi, for instance. Um, But... You know, I think that, you know, there was a time and place for that, but we're sort of
0: ready to move on. And where is that moving on to? Move on from what and to what?
1: Uh,
0: I don't know. I, th- I think something a
1: bit more to the left, mm-hmm. you know. Is something that an inevitable move, you think? The I move think, to I the think left? it's inevitable. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, younger people, you know, like— um, Ocasio-Cortez, you know, and Mm -hmm. stuff like that have um, been—even Bernie, you know, um, despite what I feel about him, has sort of helped, you know, that sort of push more, pushing candidates more um, to the left. Um, And, you know, I hate this idea of, you know, running for president as a Democrat but still trying to appeal to people on the
0: right in some sort of way, Mm -hmm. you know, because they don't worry about that shit. Do you think the left is not interested in bipartisanship? I'm making a distinction between the left and the center, let's say, or
1: I, th- I, th- or I, think, that I think that they're interested in bipartisanship,
0: but mm-hmm. I think that they're
1: less interested in compromising things that we want or other people in our party who've mm-hmm. um, consistently been denigrated by the right
0: um, to for the um, – purpose of political expediency. What do you think is the biggest issue of the left, if you had to choose one? And, and I know some of the left ideas are have been called socialism and that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that's... It sounds like we're in a political um, cycle right now as something gets attention, but, you know, there are forces that are generating the left off-cycle, too. What do mm-hmm. you think of the big one? Is it culture, gender, those types of things? Um, I feel like we're in the gender century, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big... That's the that's what race was in the 20th century. Is gender in the 21st. Mm, I th- I th- I think gender is still a very
1: big part of mm-hmm. everything that we're doing. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, but I think that people like Elizabeth Warren and Kamala could get past that. You know, however, I feel about you know some of the Kamala stuff.
0: You know, I, well, like, I still Warren think that is she's on the a left. strong. I yes. wouldn't call her. Oh, that's true. C- yes. centrist. Yeah.
1: Um, and Kamala is too,
0: you know? Uh, See,
1: that's where right. I don't know.
0: See, that's, I don't know if I agree with that. Mm. I think it feels like that sometimes, but she's not where you know for a fact Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth
1: Warren. Yes. I don't
0: know. You know, mm-hmm. not to, uh, I'm not slamming Kamala Harris. I don't mm. want people to think that. I just don't know. She's like the Sphinx right now. I'm not sure what to think of her. <laughs> <laughs> you know? See, I had to make an Egyptian reference there just to, just to stay in the POC arena. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, all right. That's enough politics. Let's, let me ask you, and I appreciate you coming by, man. It's so nice to talk to you about this stuff. But, uh, let's talk about culture a little bit, too. Like, where do you think, where are we going with, with let's say, race right now? Because there are things that... That uh crop up sometimes, and I don't understand when people get mad at me. You talk about it on your podcast uh, sometimes, too. Like, like the latest one, I haven't talked about this yet, but was like this whole <laughs> Nike <laughs> having this Betsy Ross shoe or whatever. And Colin Kaepernick calls Nike and says, stop doing this. Why are we having a fight over sneakers? I don't understand this. <laughs> like, when did that become something that we should be concerned about for society? I, I don't. I don't understand what these little fires come up. Like the football thing, I get it, mm. you know, but the sneakers thing, I feel like when it goes to those arenas, I'm confused. My
1: opinion Please help on, me out. Right?
0: Please help me out on my this. My opinion on the sneakers mm-hmm. was that
1: they were ugly uh-huh. and shouldn't have been made in the first That's place. That's not why he called them. Though, I know, right. It's right? not why he called them, but I right. think that they shouldn't have been made in the first place because they were ugly. Different point to- of you.
0: Coming from fashion, that would be the fashion police calling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, on the second one, I am I am always of two ways with Colin Kaepernick, right? Mm-hmm. Um I very much support um what he did in his protest, you mm-hmm. know, and calling out a lot of things about the NFL mm-hmm. um and police brutality in America. Um less so like the fact that he didn't vote. Um you know, right. uh and I feel like some things like this are a bit of nonsensical posturing. Mm-hmm but also he's a Nike spokesperson right huh. and they're paying him a shit ton of money to be on advertisements and he's been against the flag so <laughs> like i'm he like very- if he, i'm like if if you're paying me all this money um mm-hmm. and you still want me to keep doing this stuff for you don't make a flag shoe mm-hmm. i mean that should have just been common sense on their part i do think it's a very silly <laughs> uh-huh. fight but it's also yeah. like if this person you're plastering everywhere you know, is anti like this American flag thing? Why would you make an American flag shoe? Mm-hmm. Is the question. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, if Beyonce is your spokesperson, you know, you know, you're not gonna find Becky with the good hair and
0: make her a spokesperson, I th- right? I think a Becky with good hair <laughs> shoe would be awesome. <laughs> you know? But I I don't see a problem with an American flag shoe. I don't think that's a problem. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why Nike. Has to not why they can't have an American flag shoe? I'm sure there's people mm-hmm. who will want that or whatever. Why, but also, like,
1: why not a shoe of the well they don't, of the current flag?
0: But they don't only have to make one shoe, of course. But <laughs> you not, know?
1: why not one of the current flag? Why one of the 13 well, original colonies
0: which had slaves? Well, there are still problems in America <laughs> <laughs> that are very bad problems, you know. But it's still the same country. It's not like it was a different country, you know. It's just. Yeah, it may remind people of a different time, you know, mm. but it's still this country's flag. You know, yeah. it's not like it's—like, if it was a Confederate flag, that's different. Of course. That was a treasonous act, you know, yeah. that was meant to, you know, hold on to that, you know. But I—, I I, don't, I just don't understand why why that should be a problem in our culture. I just don't get it. You know. I understood right. why they did it, but even mm-hmm. though I think
1: it's silly, yeah. I, I understood where he was coming from. I right. mean,
0: well, I, I guess what I mean to say is, why does it have to be our problem, is what I mean. It's like, Colin mm-hmm. why does this have to be our problem, you know, a fight over sneakers? Like, mm-hmm. I want to fight over wages, you know, and, <laughs> and education and these types of things, not sneakers. Like, some of these, I feel, are racial distractions of things that mm-hmm. aren't really problems out there. There, you know yeah. Um, it's that's, that has no effect on anyone's life you know and then it becomes this issue that I feel is distracting you know anyway. true but then I feel like um, those are the kind of things that engender conversations
1: that we should be having mm-hmm. like I mean conversations mm-hmm. you know about the, the the flag in general you yeah. know conversations about uh, what Nike should be um, promoting mm-hmm. I
0: guess yeah. And should Colin Kaepernick be in those meetings?
1: <laughs> I mean maybe next time just have him in the meeting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Run the shoes by him.
0: <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It's very He bizarre, was flexing
1: right? his power.
0: Yeah.
1: Um this is very you know,
0: it's very Alexis Carrington. He's wow. just getting the job Dynasty done. Reference. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Um <laughs> who do you care about right now and who and where should we where should we keep it in in our our culture right now? What what needs to be kept?
1: Mm. What? What am
0: I against? Um,
1: I don't know. What's pissing me off? What, Is there
0: anything what? just irking your See, for me, it was the sneaker thing. <laughs> 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 I don't like racial distraction stuff. I guess I don't mm-hmm. like it when it's. I don't feel it's a real issue, but it distracts us from from the other thing.
1: Like the, mm-hmm. the oh, I feel like I know what I hate. Okay, um, I hate that there are a lot of. Stars and annoying people, mm-hmm. like sort of on the right, that we only know about because people online like getting mad at them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like Laura Ingram or something. You people know? who are
0: conservatives, you're talking about people, not mm-hmm. even
1: people who are conservative, like people who are just like a blatant white supremacist, like <laughs> Laura, In- like Laura Ingram. <laughs> okay, you know, like on Fox News and s- stuff. Uh, we only know who like a lot of these people are because people on the left get mad at them. They get mad at them. They retweet their tweets because they're Mm -hmm. trying to make jokes um, and dunk on them, et cetera. Um, And I feel like that only stands to make them more popular and know who they are.
0: Like there's so, you no don't want to know who they are. Yeah, there's no or, reason I should know who they are. Okay. <laughs> well, Laura Ingram's been around a long time. She had a radio show. And, I know, but yeah. it's
1: like she's she gets mm-hmm. more press every time she does something crazy right. because she knows that like you 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 get the blacks mad online. Uh-huh. You know, you get the liberals mad online. Like they're going to be talking about me,
0: right? Gossip girl.
1: You're no one until you're talked
0: about. But it was fair to go after her for the shut up and dribble thing. Oh, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are you gonna do, right? I know. Yeah. Just, ignore. okay, that's one thing. You don't want people to slam dunk on uh, <laughs> people on the right who probably deserve it, but you feel it gives them too much attention. It does give them too much attention. Mm-hmm. Trump loves it. Why do people yeah.
1: still quote his tweets?
0: Yeah. Well, because he's the president.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is
0: significant. <laughs> uh, I remember Trump went after Blackish when it came out. Um, yeah. You know, he's still running. It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he just has way too what much.
1: What if we made a show Whiteish? I know.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, look at the lineup of CBS. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The King oh, of Queens? Uh, uh, is there any other thing that you're done with right now? What am I done with? Um,.
1: Who? Who's? Uh. Um. I feel like I'm very zen right now. Yeah. I just got back from Puerto Rico. Oh well, there Uh, I was on vacation for the fourth. Um. So you know, I'm like, I'm very, yeah, I'm very like relaxed.
0: You know, I've got my. Well, tell me about the show. What's coming up on on Keep? Are you looking forward to expanding the show a little bit to cover different things? And how about yourself personally? Now that you're doing you're doing this TV show now, you're writing. Yeah, right? looking uh, to go more in that direction and maybe do the podcast as a side type of thing. Or? Yeah, um, you know, mm-hmm. like I
1: love the podcast because mm-hmm. it, you know, it's really low maintenance. You know, yeah. like um, I'm able to do it. Um, and still focus on television sure. um, writing, you know, which was my main reason for moving out here. Cool. Um, and but now it's become the uh, my other career, you know, yeah. which I love. I, I love having two jobs. Yeah, uh, uh, squeeze uh,
0: as much money from the man as you I know, can. Right? Right? That's my <laughs> advice to you. Uh, we definitely <laughs>
1: like to be touring uh, with the podcast. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, you know. Oh, um, cool. To get them tour dollars, the tour coins. Would it be
0: with the rest of Crooked Media? Like, do they do a big circus type of thing? Um, They have their own
1: tours, you know. So, like, the Keep It tour. Yeah. Yeah. Me and uh, my co host, Lewis, and um, hopefully our um, soon to be named third co host when we figure out who that is. Uh And, um, you know, I also. I'm very excited for Daybreak coming up, for that mm-hmm. to drop. Um, and tell us about it. whats will be my first
0: what is, what TV is it? credit.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it is a teen sci-fi drama. Okay. So it's sort of like a teen Mad Max.
0: Yeah. Oh. So yeah. it's kind of uh, apocalyptical? Yeah, or? post-apocalyptic uh-huh. um, yeah. teen drama. I just made that word up, apocalyptical. Because <laughs> yeah. Mad Max had... What's his name, your boy? Mel Gibson, yeah, he and he did make that movie, Apocalypse. There you go. Yes. See, you knew it right yes. there. I knew uh, you would know that. Yeah. Yes,
1: uh, The White Devil.
0: Yeah. Although, that was a brilliant movie, though. <laughs> uh, Apocalypse? Did you see I it? I did like Apocalypse. fucking brilliant. The yeah. last scene was like... Nah, yeah. because, um. It's been a while since yeah. I've seen it, though. Yeah, he had just freshly, I think insulted all the Jews in Hollywood yes I think, right just, just re-emerged from the <laughs> yes, news yes, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: What, um, what a catch that Mel Gibson uh, but uh, no I'm excited for that uh, uh-huh. Matthew Broderick's in it oh cool yeah always been a fan of Matthew Broderick yeah he's yeah. very funny and it's it's a very funny show too
0: oh that's so nice, yeah. yeah well congratulations my friend um, it's so nice to talk to you get to know you I'll be rooting for you out there thank you guys listen to Keep It it's very entertaining um I was very funny on it, but also, I mean, your the, your ability to talk about almost anything is, <laughs> is very impressive. Thank you, which is great. And good luck on Daybreak. I remind us Madison everybody from Wisconsin, but not Madison in Wisconsin, from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Thanks, man.